The most intense, thrilling, electrifying sport on the planet. Mixed Martial Arts. You've been looking for the definitive podcast to call your new home to hear everything about it. The search is over. This is the MMA Knowledge Show. No filter. Bringing you the hottest MMA breakdowns straight from the heart of the octagon. This show is all about MMA breakdowns for fans by fans. We're talking UFC, MMA, and the occasional big boxing match. We'll bring our unique take on how these fights are going to play out and who we think are the best bets. Welcome to the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. And now your hosts, Olin. A.K.A. MMA Anomaly and Emiliano, A.K.A. Jive Turkey Nano. Well, that was a little bit of an error message there because as you can see, <laughs> folks, we have a special co-host today. We've got Mad Max Meridian with us. Because uh, Nano is out of the country, folks. He fled the country. He's on the run. Um, no, I'm just kidding. He's doing wedding stuff out in Mexico. And uh, I couldn't be happier to have Mad Max Meridian here with us. How we doing, brother? Doing good, man. Doing good. Appreciate you letting me drop in and hang out with you. Take a look at this uh, first pay-per-view of the year. Looking forward to it. Absolutely, man. So am I. Uh, UFC 297 was definitely one for the books. We're basically going to go ahead and run run through most of the card, if not the entire card here. Starting at the very bottom, uh, we are not going to give who we think should be next for each and every one of these fights, but we definitely will for the at least the top few. Uh, so without further ado, folks, we are going to go ahead and jump into the opening early prelim of the fight, or of the fight of the night, which was <laughs> Malcolm X Gordon coming in against Jimmy the Brick Flick. Folks, this fight was... Uh, Definitely an interesting one. You know what, Mad Max? I think I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. Oh, man. What were your thoughts on this fight? Uh, I, You already know, man. I was losing my shit during this fight. Uh, I don't know. There was several moments of this fight that were exciting. Obviously, the opening exchanges, Jimmy was kind of... He was getting pieced up a little bit. Malcolm was landing some shots on him. And old Jimmy Flick, it wasn't like he was... Uh, implementing the, the smartest defense he was kind of just doing this and like walking backwards just getting punched but did some slick shit on the ground did got a couple sweeps couple reversals um he had a triangle set up i think it was towards the end of the first round there uh that dom cruz was kind of i don't know he kind of like said he was safe and then he backpedaled on it and he was like well he's not really safe you know it's about as safe as you can be during a triangle and I, with somebody like Jimmy Flick, there is no you're safe in a triangle. Like, if he's got his legs up there around your shoulders, like, your shit's probably about to get choked. Um, but obviously, I was super pumped about that. I was getting getting pretty jazzed up with the, gra the grappling exchanges. And then uh, he got a Von Flu choke set up at one point in time, which you see people like uh, OSP used to hit that all the time. They were, for a minute there, they were calling it the OSP choke, which obviously first came the Von Flew choke, but then he was hitting it like back to back to back, and, and uh, I, I don't know, I kind of enjoyed them them throwing that around. But either way, I'm getting sidetracked. Jimmy Flick threw his neck in there, 
old Malcolm Gordon jumped guillotine. You throw the uh, opposing arm up over the shoulder and kind of uh, like TP up into him uh, to get some pressure going. And that, like it seemed like the commentary team was not reacting very much to it, or at least they, they like acknowledged it a little bit. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, they kind of call it the flick choke. And then they all just kind of sat there, but they were going shithouse about the triangle that wasn't nearly as close. But you could see Malcolm Gordon started reacting. He hipped up. He was pushing with his feet to try and create some kind of distance there. Like, he was clearly reacting to the choke. Um, all, you know, all signs that this shit was, like, dangerous. Um, and then for, you know, Jimmy Flick to go on in the second round and then finish the fight with a head and arm triangle. Oh, I just yanked the mic. Can you hear me still? Okay, cool. Uh, but either way, to finish it with a head and arm triangle, which is essentially the same type of squeeze, just with, like, slightly different head positioning and arm positioning, but you're still in, like, the same area. It's still a lot of your shoulder, a lot of your neck, like, head pressure in there. It's it's not surprising. He's clearly got that that whole pattern down. He's got that choke sequence down. Uh, yeah, I was I was losing my shit, man. Sorry to, sorry to ramble about that one, but I was pretty pumped about it. Yeah, do not be afraid to ramble, especially if it's something you're excited about, man. Uh, and that was definitely an exciting one. I mean, just just kind of sprinkling a little bit extra on top of that. Just looking at the numbers specifically, it was 74 to 7 on strikes landed. Um, bad visual numbers wise, right? If you didn't watch the fight, you would think it was about as one sided as one sided gets. Um, well, at least until we get into the next fight. Jesus Christ. Uh, so, but I mean, again, the numbers, the numbers tell a very different story, right? 74 to seven, uh, th again, even on significant strikes, 37 to three, um, and takedowns, they landed the same number of takedowns. But as you said, Jimmy flick, man, he was constantly putting up submission threats any which way he could the triangle, the Von flu, AKA the same Prue choke. And, and then finally just getting it done. But man, what a fight for as, as what a fun fight for as long as it lasted. Um, the fight didn't even last seven minutes. I did have the under on that. So that hit. You love to see it. And uh, looks like flyweight unders might be back. Maybe. Mayhaps, maybe. Mayhaps. Yeah, Jimmy Flick inside the distance was uh, plus 275. We took, we took a half a unit on that one. I forgot we Let's do, go. obviously, bets on them as well, but... Yeah, that was that was pretty nice. I w I wonder what the sub would have been. That probably had to be like three, four hundred. I would I would think. I mean, that I would assume been. at least at least like three hundred. That would have been nice. Oh, yeah, that would have been a solid one to hit. Speaking of did a solid Malcolm, one to hit. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna ask, did he end up retiring or no? He was like he took his gloves off at the end, uh, so it looked like he was retiring. But I I don't know. I didn't see anything that he posted about it. Okay. And he didn't really get a post fight interview because of the time limit yeah they brushed right past it i was i never heard resolution one way or the other no same um yeah yeah i'm not sure uh i'll have to look i'll have to look that up as you're doing the next breakdown here but moving into the next fight man jasmine 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 my goodness jasmine <laughs> this girl is she she's something special man uh and she was, I literally said this in last week's episode before the fights, whenever we were breaking them down with Nano, Jasmine was easily my most confident pick of the night. Um, I had a feeling she was going to come out there and get it done over zombie girl Priscilla Cachoeira. 
And and boy, did she. Man, she went out there and she just put the hurting on her. She got one knockdown. She got two takedowns. Oh, and she also got 300 more strikes than her opponent. Um, Literally in a fight that didn't even go the full 15. She got more than 300 strikes. Uh, and and literally 300 more than her opponent. So 326 to 26 in terms of total strikes landed. 93 of them significant from uh, good old Jasmine. And man, man, oh man, she was just, she was getting it done, folks. Um, the the my favorite part was literally in our in our Instagram uh, group chat. We had our guy Matt saying that. Uh, you know, there's just something he doesn't like about Priscilla Cachoeira. He just can't place it. And I, I literally said, I was like, well, you know, from what I've seen, she's a pretty dirty fighter. A lot of fence grabs, handful of weight misses, uh, you know, laundry laundry list of reasons uh, to not be a huge, huge fan of hers. Does make herself pretty hard to like and root for. And then, you know, what is, uh, what is our girl Jasmine say in the post-fight speech? But to literally throw her opponent under the bus and say, I wanted to punish her. You know, I, I wanted to make sure that she hurt. Um, the night before her management communicated to Jasmine management team that they weren't going to be able to make the weight. And so they renegotiated that the fight be at 135, which honestly, if I'm Jasmine, I'm not doing that. I'm making her take that 20% pay cut. Okay. Um, but, but good on good old Jasmine. Because she she made it she made it worth her while and she put the hurting on Priscilla Cachoeira. Um there was a reason that Jasmine was my most confident pick of the night. And uh she definitely got it done. Curious to hear what you thought, because I know that I'm definitely more of the striking heavy guy, which is funny because I'm wearing the Islam shirt. He did get the head kick knockout though, folks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um so that being said, you are the grappler of the group here, Mad Max Meridian. So I'm very curious to hear what you thought of Jasmine's yes, performance. What is that fucking sound bit from? I've never heard that before, but it's hilarious. It's it's her it's her saying her name the correct way. Is it okay? Yeah, That's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean. Yeah, you covered just about everything. As far as the grappling side goes, it was like a pretty clear display of like what good wrestling is going to get you, which is like positional dominance. She obviously towards the end, she was threatening the uh, which they've got her listed as an anaconda choke on sure dog. I don't want to like nitpick. That was a Darce choke. Dom Cruz called it as a Darce. Uh, so it's a subtle difference. You you still got the it's like almost like a head and arm. Or, uh, one of the few things Dom got right on Saturday. Yeah, I know. He sometimes, I love Dom, but sometimes he gets a little, a little squirrely. Sometimes he gets a little squirrely. Uh, but either way, probably the most impressive to me was there was like a pretty clear size discrepancy as well. Jasmine was giving up a lot of size in this fight, not just in weight from the from the weight miss alone. Like Priscilla is big as shit. It showed in there, and Jasmine was like, "Hey, cool story." Like. I'm going to wrestle this chick to pieces and just, yeah, she, I mean, the, the knockdown surprised the shit out of me too. Like a lot of pop on that. She sat down on it pretty good. Yeah. And, and stung her. Um, yeah. I mean, all of it, all of it was pretty good. She was threatening that same choke over and over too. Like clearly, clearly she's hitting this at the gym. It's clearly something she's good at. We're probably going to see her hit that exact same choke and, and several fights going forward. I'll be looking to play the submission on her 
from here on out, either inside the distance or submission on her, because that was that was pretty impressive. I actually thought too she she ate a couple shots and displayed like a pretty decent chin. She got popped right there at the beginning a couple times and just was like, "Hey, cool story, keep it going." So impressive performance. Absolutely impressive performance. Couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought she, like you said, she took him on the chin. Like she ate twenty four significant strikes. Um, and her opponent only landed 26. So she was throwing with killer intentions, right? There were venom on those shots. And Jasmine literally just ate them like like they were nothing. So I, I truly think that, you know, if Jasmine yes, wanted to fight at Bantamweight, she really could. Uh, but I, I really can't wait to see her get back to her weight class. And I, I really think that um, Jasmine yes, might very well become a household name of the future, folks. Uh, so... Moving into the next fight, we had Johan Lainess coming in against Sam Patterson. Folks, this was a quick one. Um, this this was one of those that lasted about as long as, you know, your first time. <laughs> it was about it was about two minutes and three seconds long, which, you know, all jokes aside, is probably about two minutes longer than your first time. Am I right? <laughs> No, nobody. Uh, <laughs> so Sam Patterson went out there and just honestly put it on his opponent. What, what else is there to say? There were only six strikes landed across the entirety of this two minute fight. Um, but again, I digress. This ended up being a submission win for Sam Patterson. Got it done. Made it look pretty damn slick. I am going to actually toss the baton over to Mad Max Meridian here. Because, again, he's the residential grappler of the group. And I think he'll probably give a little bit more uh, elaborate breakdown than this caveman. Uh, this one was, I mean, it was honestly, like, pretty pretty straightforward. This was also a matchup that, like, you're used to seeing Johan have a size advantage on people. Like, he's a pretty big dude. And Sam, Sam's fucking massive. Like, very big, clearly very strong. But he was using... Like it was pretty fundamental jujitsu. He wasn't doing fancy shit out there. He was just putting it together very smooth. Like he had like a clear understanding of where it was that he was gonna have either a positional advantage or he's just comfortable from that position generally. Again, working it in the gym, spending a lot of time there. I, I pretty like flawless performance. It was two minutes, so you can't like I don't know, you don't wanna make time off of it. You can't be like, Oh, this guy's the next big thing off of two minutes of performance, but if he puts together a couple like that, you're like, oh, shit, this dude might be a problem. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Sam Patterson, I mean, I think you said it best when you said he is massive, right? Like, he's a fucking big dude. He's extremely large, folks. Um, again, I thought Johan was big going into this, and Sam looked just imposing against him. So, again, just like you said, I hate to echo pretty much everything that you said, but... He, you know, it's really hard to say, like, oh, man, this this guy's uh, got a real future in the UFC. We only got two minutes of footage from him. Like, even for his future opponents, this isn't really even something you could watch. I mean, like, it, it was a really, I don't want to say rudimentary, but, like, textbook entry. And the submission, like, the setup, everything seemed textbook. It seemed like something, like, almost like uh, deja vu. Like, we've seen this before hundreds of times. Uh, just different bodies, different fighters, different weight classes. So, he didn't really face any um, any issues or any um, venom coming in, so to speak. So it's hard to say whether or not we learned a lot from him. 
but it was still a very fun fight and uh great showing for him uh hope he got a little a little extra money other than just getting you know two times probably what was like 8k to show but we'll see yeah <laughs> yeah for real hopefully he got some kind of backstage paycheck or something but Dana's usually pretty solid about those yeah you hear a lot of stories about that especially if they're putting on flashy performances and with the way like the, finishers. the upper card was going yeah he probably he probably got a little something He's somebody yeah. to keep an eye on. He looked fast too. Like looked he pretty looked quick. So fast. For his size? Yeah. Yeah. He's he's a big he's a big guy for the weight class and he looked like he moved very very fast. Um this next one was pretty pretty upsetting for me. Um <laughs> just, you know, just going to call a, a spade a spade here, folks. I uh, I'm a big Pollyanna Viana fan. So let me go ahead and change the music here. Um Aliana Viana, man. Uh, It was tough. It was tough. It was tough. Uh, She went out there against Jillian Robertson. Uh, Jillian Robertson, uh, you know, two for two on takedowns. 100%. For those of you that are bad at math. Um, She looked looked real good out there. Uh, I I feel like Ricky Bobby. Car car handled real well. Uh, Jillian Robertson, she looked real good out there. Takedowns were there. Uh, Significant strikes on top. Control uh, is a great fight for Jillian Robertson. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it was tough. It was tough to watch as a Pollyanna Viana fan. She just, it, it felt very, very much like Brazilian jiu-jitsu, like classic gi Brazilian jiu-jitsu um, versus MMA grappling. Uh, and I don't, it just, it seemed like Pollyanna didn't really have much of an answer for her. She was admitting position too much, letting Jillian lead the dance and dictate the pace of the dance from start to finish when it was standing on the feet i digress girl Pollyanna was putting it on her man she looked pretty nice um then body kicks the body kicks that music was too sad we got to get back into the groove here um the body kicks man they were beautiful coming from Pollyanna viana uh i, I would have liked to see a little bit more takedown defense but again, she's somebody that is not afraid of getting taken down. She likes to, to fight out of the guard. And it showed, I think, again, that she she maybe gave up position and admitted position a little bit too much. But curious to hear your thoughts. And um, as someone that is more privy to the grappling, what what would you have liked to see her do more from the bottom or in general? Well, I first feel like I got to take note here and mention that me and my grappling coach are huge fans of Jillian Robertson. <laughs> so I, I actually, that was my first main, my main pick of the night was Jillian. I took her by sub. Uh, I should have went with inside the distance, unfortunately, but she got the KO, uh, was threatening the sub multiple times. As far as from, uh, Pollyanna's perspective, there was a couple moments where it was like I, her scramble game doesn't seem to be there at all. Uh, she's losing any kind of scramble that's going on. First off, also, let's back up. Jillian, the first knee pick that she hit, the first takedown was just, whoo, whoo, whoo. It was sweet. Uh, but going back to Pollyanna, she has, like, almost no scramble game. And then she, like, one of the big things is you cannot either, one, let your back get flat or accept position. And she kind of was doing a little bit of both. She was letting herself get flattened out. Um, and even... Even in the moments when she was, like, scrambling, it's like she just didn't have either the higher gear. I don't know what her, like, strength and conditioning looks like. 
I know a lot of people say that Jillian also is quite the athlete. She trains out of St. Louis a little bit here and there, so I've heard quite a bit of stories. Uh, one being from Dean Thomas, who trains with Tyron Woodley, so being with St. Louis. Like, you just hear stories in those circles, and everybody says like she's like quite the athlete. So I don't know if it's one of those things where she just kind of got surprised by the strength of Jillian uh, once she got a hold of her and actually like, got her down on the ground. Um but yeah, she, she she was accepting the position. She was getting flattened out on her back. Uh, you would like to have seen either maybe getting on a side. Now, sport jujitsu again is a little bit different than MMA jujitsu. But you usually want to try and keep like the elbows in. You don't want to be you know flailing them out. You're opening yourself to armbar and stuff. But you gotta you gotta pick one side and go like hell towards it. You can't sit there and get flattened out and just shell up and let somebody rain blows on you. You're just gonna you're just gonna sit there and let that keep happening. You gotta. You got to go for it. You got to pick a side and go for it. You can't just sit there. And it's like, once it once it started raining, she was sitting there with no umbrella, if you know what I mean. It was just, it wasn't great. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, love, love that you hit. Um, I feel like a lot of people on their parlays definitely didn't go well. And uh, a lot of people's straight bets actually didn't go well especially if you were betting a lot of heavy favorites on this card. And we'll get into that very, very soon, folks, uh, because, man, there were definitely some folks that, uh, you know, from Canada just didn't really hold it down for the hometown. So <laughs> moving into the next fight, uh, unless you have a name on the tip of your tongue for Miss Miss Robertson. Oh, man. Somebody you'd like to see her fight next? I love that they're throwing her like... I don't want to say they're throwing her favorable matchups, but they it seems like they've acknowledged the fact that her striking just ain't it ain't great. Um so you're either gonna watch her get pieced up by somebody with some takedown defense or you're gonna throw her a grappler and let it be exciting. Uh sure. has she fought somebody like Carolina or I can't I'm trying to remember those matchups. I'd have to go through her sure dog and see. Yeah, somebody like that. Oh fuck. Don't do that. I'd be all right with it. Uh, I would, I, 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 <laughs> man, yeah, I feel fought. like, I feel like that's a good match, man. You don't want to like jump too deep into the division. She's right there on the cusps, like 14. You've got Michelle Waterson. If she, I can't remember if she retired or not on her last one. But um, <clears throat> I'd rather see the Carolina matchup anyway, honestly. Carolina's also got like pretty legit. Well, to be fair, Michelle Waterson has decent jujitsu, but I like Carolina's grappling. I, I'd love to see that matchup. Yeah, I I like that a lot actually. Yeah, Kavalkovitz and her I think would make a really 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 fun fight. Um, Angela Hill wouldn't be terrible. She's probably right there around the cusp of that as well. I think she might be coming <laughs> off a loss too. That that might be a good one to throw together. Either of those, either of those, I'd like them. Who are you think? Can you lean anybody? I didn't have a name written down. Um, honestly, I like I like both of the names that you said. I like Kowalkowicz a little bit more, if I'm being honest. Uh, if we want to see her fight somebody that's maybe a little bit higher on the rankings, and not by much, I think a, a Tabitha Ricci fight would be a lot of fun too. Yeah, yeah, and that one's uh, a pretty pretty good matchup. I think it's pretty even. I think it's honestly, fair. Might maybe. Ricci, I might lean a little towards Ricci. I would lean very slightly towards Ricci. And I and I have bias. <laughs> I, I like Ricci a lot. Like, like yeah, I, I would I would lean Ricci. I wouldn't go much further than that into into the rankings. Same. I'm not ready same. for that. I, I agree. Um 
yeah, I, I think if you put her against like an Amanda Hibas, a Mackenzie Dern, um, even like a Vierna Jandiroba, it, it just it would be possibly too much. Uh, though I, I do think her and Vierna would probably have some fun scrambles. Yeah. Honest. Yeah, I think she'd be giving up some strength to tell Verna. I think Verna's Verna's got strength, dude. (laughs) You can see it in her fights. The way that she like just hip tosses people when they're coming in on her. It's like, ooh, ooh. Of Andrage a little bit with just that explosive. Like she grabs a hold of you, and you're like, oh fuck, I'm going for a ride. Like back in the back of the AKA days, it was like when there was an odd number of girls, and like one of these small girls would get paired up against like a. 175 185 pound guy and it's a grappling drill set up like wall drills i it was it was just like painful to watch sometimes dude yeah. but and, and you know like we're, like everyone all the guys are like going easy but at the same time it's just as you said like there's an obvious strength discrepancy like that someone's giving up a lot of strength here yeah there's only <laughs> so much you can compensate for that i mean just there's a certain point where just the weight alone like you're not even trying to do anything and you just lean on him you're like oh shit i'm smashing you sorry You'd be the strongest man alive, but like if you're if you're punching a rock, at some point you're gonna quit. <laughs> the rock's still gonna be there. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that was a really really fun fight. Uh, if you were a Jillian Robertson fan, for sure. <laughs> uh, and and the next one we had, oh man, Ramon Tavares coming in against Sergi CD. Man, this fight was very very interesting. Ramon missed weight. Yeah. And then went on the record on, I believe, his Instagram to say, um, this is my first time ever missing weight in a professional fight. Since my, like, since he said, this is my first time missing weight since my first amateur fight or some shit like that. Uh, And then, of course, you know, MMA Twitter detectives. We got a bunch of fucking (laughs) Batmans on there. uh, And, you know, somebody pulled up the records, which weren't really that hard to pull up, as it turns out, because he missed weight in his Dana White's Contender Series fight. (laughs) <laughs> which yeah, was, I think it was the same guy, wasn't it? Yeah, same guy. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. If there is a script, as the kids say, like they just put this one in for pure comedy, folks. I don't, I don't know what else they were doing. What were your thoughts on this? I don't even have anything else. Dude, it was a mess. Say. It was a bit of a mess. Like the fight itself was pretty fun. Um, I didn't see the first fight. I guess Tavares, he lost the first one, right, though? He yeah. got knocked out the first time? Yeah, uh, I believe so, yeah. I didn't see that one, um, but I, I thought this fight was pretty pretty exciting. If I remember right, there was a, a low blow that was, like, pretty pretty loud at one point. That, like, it was, was, it was blatant. Audible. Yeah, and, and like, yeah. you could hear it. It was pretty audible, too. Like, you actually heard the cup hit and everything. It was just like, oh, good God. Um Overall, I mean, both the dudes, I actually thought they performed pretty well. If you can set aside, like, all the other stuff, it's like, well, both of them, they're decent enough fighters. Like, I'll watch the guys. I, I wish Tavares would have made weight. It would have made it would have made the win a little more sweet. Now, as far as the, the decision goes, being split, I, don't, I feel like there was a lot of kind of weird decisions going on. Uh, with <laughs> we'll UFC get into that. Yeah, just... I, it was all over the place, but the fight itself, I thought it was a fun fight. If you set aside all the other crap, it was a good fight. I'll be watching both guys. That's about all I got on that one. Did you did you think that Ramon deserved the win? Uh, <laughs> I dude, I hate taking like stances on that because I just 
I know I don't watch them 100% of the time. Like, sometimes I miss stuff. Did I think going to the card that that was how it was going to be read? No. No, I did not. What about yourself? <laughs> I got to be honest with you. I did not think so either. I only had Ramon Tavares winning the first round. Uh, I thought he looked kind of sluggish after that, if I'm being yeah. completely honest. Uh, and I mean, like, I watched the fight, and then I heard the decision, and I was like, oh, maybe I missed something. And then I went and I looked at the numbers, and I was like, maybe they missed something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what else to say. Like, um, maybe get new judges. Uh, maybe get, like, five more guys. That way there's a, a more meshed-in decision. So hopefully consensus is correct. Uh, because, I mean, Homie outlanded him 2-1 to one in the second round. And then in the third round, he still outlanded him. And uh, I, I'm talking significant strikes too, folks, not just total strikes. Like, and this is a round by round basis. So I don't know how you score that for Ramon, but I digress. Um, as I said before, if for whatever reason your parlay uh, busted, you can probably <sighs> because man, them guys uh, had a, had a rough night. Rough night at the office, folks. Yeah. Speaking of rough night at the office, in the next fight, we had Charles Air Jordan coming in against Sean Woodson, or as my fiance's little sister likes to call him, the oddest shaped man in MMA. Um, to which I always respond with, he's got a pretty ideal body for Muay Thai from what I've seen. So <laughs> yeah. he's like all fucking leg, um, which is why his pants come up to his nipples. I mean, the, the guy is just so odd and lanky and precise. Um, gosh. I mean, if I had to give the guy a nickname, I'd probably nickname him Sniper or something like that. <laughs> uh, gosh, is that his nickname? Yeah, feels feels on the nose. Feels a yeah. bit on the nose there, guys. Um, whoever whoever gave him that, like, deserves some, some fucking gold coins. <laughs> but... Sean, the sniper Woodson just went out there and he, he did exactly that, right? He was pretty damn sniper. Like um, landed at a lower clip than usual, actually, because Charles Jordan is pretty damn elusive with the footwork still landed at 52.8% clip landing 102 of 193 total strikes thrown and uh, 80 of those 102 thrown were uh, fucking significant. So how about that? Fantastic, fantastic fight. Uh, great showing for both guys. If I'm being honest, Charles Jordan just seemed to struggle a lot when it came to the takedowns. Couldn't get anything done. And I mean, I don't know whether it's a, it's a negative for him or a, a massive positive in terms of Sean Woodson because Sean Woodson just had incredible balance. His balance was impeccable throughout that fight. His ability to bounce up and down on one leg, weight all of his pressure on that, and then bounce out of range and separate, just fucking chef's kiss. Like, that's the kind of takedown defense you learn when you are a predominantly Muay Thai fighter. Um, he is a definition of a Muay Thai fighter that is able to blend it into mixed martial artists. So big, big fan of this guy. I always look forward to watching him fight. I was really, really excited about this one on paper. And I'll be honest, it went almost exactly as I had it chalked up in my mind. Uh, I figured there was a high chance that this was going to go to uh, the decision just because both these guys are very, very game and tough fighters with very durable chins uh, and also equally durable bodies, in my opinion. So, yeah, both of these guys went out there. They got it done. They looked incredibly tough. And 
again, I, I definitely think the right man won in this one. And I, I look forward to the guy's next match. Curious to hear what your breakdown on this is and if you have any names on the tip of your tongue for Mr. Woodson. Uh, I think you pretty you pretty well covered everything here. I don't have a whole lot to add to it. Uh, it's good to see like a hometown guy, of course, get the W. Like you see your your Twitter line, like your highlights, your Instagram lines, all this stuff just like light up with people posting like support for him and stuff like that. All the local gyms and shit. So that's always cool. Um, I, I kind of figured Charles Jordan would have a little bit more to offer this uh, in some of these exchanges and stuff and. Given the consistency with which he generally performs in his fights, to your point here, does it does it say more about Sean? Does it say more, you know, about how he performed, or does it say kind of more about how Charles dropped the ball? I feel like it kind of highlights Sean more a little bit here. Like Charles Jordan's usually pretty consistent, and to make him look this off in his game, at least for me, it's like, damn, that's a real, real feather in the cap for old Sean Woodson here, and. The whole long limbs, fucking those dudes are impossible to take down. They're absolutely impossible to take down. Obviously, he's he's going to be great at controlling range in the striking department, but it's like either Dom or DC, one of the two said it's like trying to take down a table. It And it really is. Like, they're, they're going to land on <laughs> no matter what. Like, it's just, it sucks. It absolutely sucks. They also generally are really good at locking up chokes and shit, too. Like, those are the dudes that are going to throw the weird neck cranks on you. Yeah, exactly. Just unconventional type things that are that are generally painful too because there's a lot of bone on the side of your neck shit like that there's not a lot of meat for cushion but uh, as far as next for him you gotta eventually crest into the top you know the top 15 you gotta at least start looking at it i don't know maybe somebody like bruce leroy has he fought him yet uh, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be upset at that. I'm a Bruce Leroy fan too so that's like I'm a big Bruce Leroy fan. I love Alex yeah. Caceres. Um that's actually one of the names that I had written down. I had Alex Caceres written down. And then the other name that I had is uh, Dan 50K Ige. I think that'd be a really, really fun fight. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a great one. Man, I I would almost lean towards Ige a little bit now, which hurts me to say that I'm going to be bet against the hometown guy. But I would I, actually bet Woodson. Ige struggles with guys that are long and rangy that use it well. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I worry about the... Ige's been working more on the calf kicks, and I'm still, I'm waiting for somebody to work that on Sean. I'm waiting for it. Somebody's going to start. But Woodson's that. a Thai guy, bro. Like the way that he yeah. utilizes his Muay Thai, like Muay Thai ness, is like incredible. I truly feel like the the reason nobody's used calf kicks on him or really come at him with calf kicks is because they know, like yeah. something that my like Thai coaches will tell us when they're teaching us leg kicks. Like I I just recently started going back again just a few months ago, right? Because Mary wanted to get into it and. She's never done striking, so we're doing the beginner's classes, right? Shout out Victory. Coach Aaron Pete is a fantastic <laughs> coach for beginners and advanced. He runs the fight team. Um, but he'll literally tell us, and one of the things I really like about him is, like, when he's teaching you things, he'll tell you, like, you know, in a few months after you're good here and you go to the advanced class, they'll teach you calf kicks instead of traditional leg kicks. The reason we're not teaching you those here is because if you throw one of those against someone that's actually advanced and Muay Thai, they'll check the hell out of that. Calf kick is very easy to check compared to a, a higher leg kick um, because the higher leg kick, you basically want to lift your leg up and then come down across the top. So that way you're going to catch them before they can lift their leg off the line and check. Um, whereas if I'm throwing a calf kick, all you've got to do is 
point your toes down and lift your leg off the center line a little bit. And it, I mean, it's you versus me. It's like a baseball bat versus a baseball bat. And it sucks. Yeah. I've had those hematomas. They don't feel great at all. <laughs> so I, I truly feel like somebody like Woodson, he's quick. Yeah. yeah. And I think and, and like, it really only takes one of those getting checked for you to be like, nope, I don't want to ever do that again. Uh, I think Ike would probably throw a really hard calf kick thinking like this is going to land and then just eat a check and be like, fuck, mm-hmm. I made a mistake. It would. And if you eat one of those and you're not used to getting checked like that, which as you said, he's been getting a lot more proficient with those calf kicks. I don't, I haven't seen him get really hard checked Mm-mm. from throwing one of those. I haven't seen somebody make him pay for throwing one. And I feel like the first time you really get made to pay, it's, inhibiting mentally and physically because a there's that oh shit moment of oh well what that wasn't supposed to happen i was supposed to hurt him and then the secondary moment is well my leg is like 80 percent dead right now and i rely heavily on footwork if my name is dan ege so <laughs> i'm finding a guy that's longer than me i need to get in and out of the pocket and i just fucked my lead leg um like i i want to see that match I feel like I just talked myself more into that being my pick. <laughs> oh, I think it'd be a great, it'd be a great fight either way. And Dan Ige being as low as he likes to play it and stuff. Supposedly Sean Woodson's got nasty knees. I mean, we've seen it a little bit. I could see, I could see a knee coming up the middle and landing also like as long oh, as yeah. he is and everything like it, it's, it spells for an exciting matchup either way, no matter how it plays out. I'd love either of those. Honestly, the, that one's probably more exciting than the Caceres one. I feel like they would be more apt to kind of pick their shots and play a little bit of the patty. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. patty cake game. Feel each other out. Is, a real martial artists matchup. Yeah, but you got 50. Ige's a fight. Dan Ige, you know what I'm saying? It's a fight, dude. Yeah. I feel it. Oh, uh, that's one of the dog fights, bro. Yeah. I already know. <laughs> dude, this guy's a dog. Um, so, yeah, man, that, I think that's the one that they need to run. That's a fun fight. Um, I also, I, I do think the knees would prove to be a problem in that fight. I think Sean Woodson would have those step knees where he takes a step back as Ige is shuffling forward and just catches him to the body, like right into the solar plexus. And I mean, like in grappling, like I know you're, you're a grappler. So knee on belly is like, you know how deflating that shit is. <laughs> Someone with a, like you, you're laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about. I hate that shit in grappling. And that's why I don't grapple a lot uh, because there are so many things that I can say that sentence about. I hate that about grappling. Uh, <laughs> it's crushing. It's soul crushing. It yeah. Good. Neon Belly's terrible. So like, it's the same thing in Muay Thai. It's just, you're stepping into it and I'm thrusting my hip and basically everything behind my knee forward with my soul and my 10 ancestors before me. <laughs> here looking at it they ought to give jordan caceres and then give uh give woodson danny oh i'm not mad at that He's sean shelby dana white call us up we got yeah. you yeah i love playing we'll help you that's like the best shit oh absolutely bro that's the funnest shit yeah. um and just in case any of the listeners don't know who got the uh bonuses we have already gone through two of them so far so uh performance of the night bonuses went to both jillian robertson an extra 50k richer and uh, as well as Jasmine. So good for them. You just, you love to see it, man. 50K extra for both of those women and hard fought battles, hard won battles and, and pretty damn dominant battles. Now, 
this next matchup was extremely fun. Um, I was losing my shit whenever they read the decision on this one. And man, I was wrong. Um, you know, I, I, I bet a shot against Nano on this one. So I'm going to go ahead and pay that up whenever I let my guy Mad Max Meridian do his breakdown. Good old Derek from The Challenge, uh, from MTV's The Challenge, a.k.a. Garrett Armfield, fucking got it done. That guy is just a beast. Um, and though I am joking when I say Derek from The Challenge, I, I can honestly say I've never seen Garrett Armfield or, and Derek Kaczynski in the same room at the same time. <laughs> um, Derek Kaczynski seems to stop tweeting when Mr. Armfield is fighting. I'm just saying they also both mysteriously happen to have that dog in them. I mean, there's like a couple of fucking coincidences here, guys. I don't know. Um, so, what were your thoughts on this extremely fun fight between Brad Superman Katona and Garrett Derek Kaczynski Armfield? I think you're onto something there. Uh, first off, old Detective Olin on onto something. The uh, I don't know, man. I first off, I got the pick wrong. I thought old Katona was gonna was gonna put something together and actually like. <laughs> Hold on, dude. That was the best. that was a really good Katona. Dude, I that's like <laughs> one of the weird ones that I can actually nail from watching the Ultimate Fighter. <laughs> exactly I'm literally gonna picture Katona under that fucking mask now. Yeah, oh my exactly god! How he says it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I figured Holy this was like shit. a gimme fight. I honestly thought this was like the one I was probably the most confident on of the night. I'm like, oh, this is probably a no-brainer here. Uh, which sucks, too, because a friend of a... This is one of those weird connections. He's uh, Garrett's Kansas City, Missouri, so it's like a friend of a friend who has trained with him and only says good thing, and he put like a fair amount... He put a couple hundred dollars on him. He's like, no, he's this dude's going to dominate. Like, you're out of your mind. I'm like, I don't know, dude. Two-time Ultimate Fighter winner, like... Great grappling, pretty technically sound. He's not like the most flashy in any one department, but it's like if you had him, you know, on a video game, he's probably got like 75 in all stats. Like he's pretty fucking well-rounded. And then, I don't know, man, he kind of just dropped the ball. His striking looked forced. Like it didn't look, he was pushing his strikes almost, I would say. Like he he just muscles everything. He's like got no no fluidity. Uh, it makes me wonder if the mileage and the age is kind of starting to maybe catch up a little bit here. Would you know you start losing a little bit of the the physical gifts that'll make up for some of the the technique that you lack. Um, the guy's been, he's been around the block fucking fifty times, so you gotta you gotta think at some point in time that's gonna start catching up. And I don't. I never want to be the dude who makes that call or anything like that, but it just, you, you see the fights and you start seeing these guys slow down a little bit. You start seeing things get a little more forced, not happen quite so natural. The reflexes slow. The scrambles just aren't there as well. They can't hold these guys down like they used to. You're like, this ain't looking great. So I don't, it lost me some money. Uh, Garrett, somebody to keep an eye on. That's for sure. I uh, couldn't have said it better myself, folks. Um, that was the sound of me opening the cash register to uh, pay the bad people that took my money on Saturday uh, because I definitely did not end up betting on Garrett Armfield even though I am a fan of his I just thought that uh, Brad Katona was, was going to be able to get it done and as you said there's there's a lot of tread on those tires right 
I think the kind of the craziest thing, in my opinion, to look at in here is looking at these guys. Um, there was just more consistency for Garrett Armfield from start to finish across this fight. Uh, and more so than that, he had a very Dustin Poirier like quality about him that maybe not a lot of people noticed. And um, I, I thought that I was noticing it as watching the fight. And of course, I wanted to wait till the stats came out so I could see. But I was like, man, I feel like he's obvi- he's getting like better, stronger as the fight goes on. And, you know, sometimes it's an obvious changing of the of the kind of momentum, right? The pendulum swings. You see one guy getting tired, one guy staying the same. And that's why that change happens. I truly feel like throughout the fight. Katona was like pretty, pretty similar to the way that he was throughout the fight. But Garrett Armfield consistently got better as the fight went on. And then I look at the stats, and I'll be I'll be damned if I wasn't wrong or I wasn't right. So, uh, 61% accuracy on his total strikes in round one, 62% in round two, and then 76% accuracy in round three. Again, as this fight went on, the man just started coming up and pouring it on. And by the way, he increased his strike output by at least 10 or more strikes thrown every round the fight went on. So, I mean, Garrett Onfield is very, very much somebody to watch. The guy was an underdog coming into this. Uh, the, the odds closed, I believe, at plus 180 for Garrett Armfield. So that was easy plus money for anybody that wanted to bet it. Um, Nano, looking at you, you son of a bitch. Uh, but, you know, good for you, bud. Bud, hope you enjoyed it. Um, glad you bet on Armfield. Sad I didn't. So I definitely will next time. And with that being said, guys, we we have to play a little bit of matchmaker here because Bantamweight is pretty pretty, pretty shallow. It's kind of shallow. Um, I'll be honest. With a win over somebody like Brad Katona, I don't even want to try and do the impression because you just fucking knocked it out of the park. <laughs> um, I, I just think that Armfield probably works his way right on into the top 15. Probably a fight over somebody like Ricky Simone might make a little bit of sense. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, there's not outside of the top 15. There's not really a whole lot there for him. Uh, and with, again, a win over somebody like Brad Katona, who had a lot of people, especially after his last performance, his last two performances, really as dominant as they were. There was a lot of, I feel like there was some, I don't want to say a lot of hype, but there was some buzz around Katona. It's like, all right, this dude's making a second run at this here. Like, kind of maybe he's going to have a decent UFC career. And, and to go out there and kind of have the performance that Garrett did, it's like, all right, well, maybe we need to kind of start putting that same kind of weight on Garrett's name. Um, and like you were saying, it that, that fight was really, I don't want to say it was a coming out moment because he's had strong performances before, but it was like a moment of, I don't know, like realization of his own abilities. It's like he was growing in his own abilities as the fight was going on. He was like accepting more and more. It's like, oh no, like I'm in here. This is for real and I can do this. And like, I've got the edge over this guy. I can open up a little bit more and more and more and push this. And he w- he was taking it. He was taken away with the fight by the end of it. Like, it, Katona had nothing for him by the end. Uh, I don't think he's ready for somebody like Mario Batista. Ricky Simone is about the kind of the cusp. He's right there on the edge of the 15. You can't give him somebody like Umar or something like that. I feel like that might be too much. Ricky Simone it is, man. Gotta agree with you. Yeah, I mean, again, I feel like Ricky Simone just makes a lot of sense for him. Um, yeah, 
I, I feel like where they are in their careers matches up. And uh, it's it's really hard to deny him the yeah, top Cody 15 Gibson. spot. Ooh. Give the ultimate fighter, dude. Let him, let him knock those guys out. I'm not mad at a Cody Gibson fight either. He's, I think that last fight was to Katona, so he's probably looking for another one. Like, obviously, it's coming off a loss, but it's to Katona. So, you know, maybe give him another one if you really want to build up some steam or feed him feed him right on in there. I just feel like the coming off the Ultimate Fighter, at least it's somebody with a little bit of recognition. Simone probably has more name name value for, like, the the real fans, but for the casuals, yeah. I don't know. You're, you're giving up either way. I feel like it maybe I don't want to say it'd be an easy win, but. Get some momentum going for old Garrett. I absolutely agree. And, I mean, honestly, I know that you said, uh, you know, don't give him the old Umar yet, but, you know, maybe he's ready for. Umar, 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 yeah, I, I think I think Ricky Simone is probably the way to go here. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll stick with that. Definitely stick with that. And we'll go ahead and jump right on into the main card here, folks. Uh, it's time. Main card was a banger. We started off with a banger too. Uh, we had Arnold Allen coming in against Movzar Yevloev. Man, what a fun fight this was! feel like it was a little bit more fun on paper than it was in real life, but it was still entertaining. Um, I definitely have thoughts on this fight. I don't want to go off on a tangent, so I will let you take the lead. What were your thoughts on this, Mad Max? This one, it's one going like live watching the fight going into the decision. It, I was a little torn on it. I wasn't like super conflicted when they said everything i was like okay and now hearing all the buzz about it i feel like i guess i need to go back and rewatch it because there's some real hard stances on both sides of this which is what's it's like all right well shit maybe i'm i'm not going to be the one to take a hard stance if i'm even the slightest bit unsure so maybe i'll go back and watch it i wasn't super upset with this decision going to it like i i, I felt like again it wasn't a huge robbery which i'm sure we'll talk about the other one later, so I'm not gonna, you know, burn that that one yet. But looking at the stats, it pretty well matched up what I thought. Uh, now I think Arnold Allen may have done more damage with some of his strikes, but given the takedowns, the control, everything together, the full package of the fight, I wasn't super upset with the decision. Um, but I guess I'll go back and rewatch it. The, the one sub attempt Arnold Allen really locked on there. I, I was. That's a risky game using your neck like that as as the folk, like the the torque point there. He just started twisting like a top with his neck in there. It's like Jesus Christ, is he's gonna rip his own head off? But I I wanted Arnold Allen to win. I figured he was a live dog. I put money on him. Um, yeah. Well, I, take it away, man. What's your thoughts on it? Man, I I thought I thought Allen was definitely a live dog. I I put money on him as well. Um, I lost money on him, obviously. Uh, sad day. Sad day here for the bank. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. I, I did, I, I didn't have any, um, any angriness or argument with the decision. Okay. I thought the decision went to the right man. I did think that he won. However, however, I did think that there was some, uh, some stuff that was a little bit funky, maybe even a little bit fucky. Um, those four knees, 
Totally forgot about that. Those four knees were legal. Uh, yeah, I, I thought those four knees were 100% legal. Every single time that he was about to hit the knee, he lifted his opponent up. Uh, Yevlov's hands came off the mat every single time that knee connected. Uh, and I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I try to stay pretty penned up when it comes to the rules of mixed martial arts engagement here uh, on a professional scale. I thought your palm had to be down. In Toronto, I thought they were doing the the still the original rules, which is like anything but the soles of your feet. So, like literally anything but the soles of your feet is what I. So fingertips count. Anything but the soles of your feet is literally the like the rule, is how how I understood it. Now, as far as the replay goes, I've not watched it shot for shot as to whether. Okay, if that's the case, then that changes things. That changes things. I, from what I understand, they're literally the last place that still goes by those rules, too. They go by the. I was gonna say that's fucking archaic, bro. I didn't. I didn't realize that they still went by the old rule of that. That sucks, because it's been years. It's been like six, seven years now since that rule changed. Exactly, and there's still a couple that have like the weird dissenting, like, you know, what is the full jargon? What is there, a grounded opponent? Exactly. They're they're the ones who are like the last bastion of the old school rules, from what I understand. That's one day everyone will have the same unified rules, and uh, twelve to six elbows won't be illegal either. You would think, or just um, let the knees go, man. Let them go if they're going to. The knees it, go. I did get this one wrong. I did bet against Nano again, so Nano, you fucker. Do a shot in uh, Mexico. Evloev looked good. He's a decision machine, but dude does what he does. He is a decision machine. I couldn't have said that better myself. But with that being said, he's 18-0, man. He's, he's that next guy. And, I mean, from what you just broke down, it sounds like he ate four illegal knees and said, no, I'm good. Let's keep going, brother. So... Respect to him. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what else there is to say. He fights out of American top team. So you got to think his striking is going to keep improving as well. Um, but I mean, as you said, he is a bit of a decision machine, right? Since making it into the UFC, he has not gotten a single finish. And before then he was knocking people out, which seemed like left and right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I hope he starts getting some of those subs and, and knockouts here in the UFC. Otherwise, it's going to be really, really hard to generate a huge fan base uh, surrounding him as a fighter. But I digress. We're not here to talk about how he needs to tweet and uh, how he needs to dress and if he needs to dye his hair like a uh, piece of cotton candy. Um, instead, we're going to talk about who we should probably fight next. I do have a name on the tip of my tongue, but... I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. Um, and I'm curious, did you have someone on the tip of your tongue or nah? I've got a couple that I'd be interested in seeing. First, one that just immediately pops to mind, and maybe this is a little bit of recency bias, but I'd love to see Josh Emmett. Um, I think that's a good seasoned vet, a guy with decent grappling who's not – I think he's not going to get quite as dom- dominated in the grappling exchanges uh, as some of the other guys might. So maybe give something – for Mobstar to look at there, a different look, different style. Uh, is Ortega's matched up with somebody, right? To my knowledge, I thought that fight fell through. That's who I had written down. I had Brian Ortega written down. Maybe I'm wrong here. I would love that one. I'd love that one. 
That's the one that I had written down because I thought it'd be a really fun grappling match. Oh, no, there he's supposed to fight Yair Rodriguez in Mexico City, February 24th. Yeah, that's that's what I thought because Yair would have been an, also a really, really fun matchup. But also, that's a hell of a jump from nine to number two. Josh Emmett's right there, smack dab in the middle at number six. So let's uh, let's use him as a speed bump in the road and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, I'm not mad at that. Um Ooh, and I also winner, am going to be winner of Calvin Cater and Aljo. Ooh, ooh! You just reminded me how much I hate that fight. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to. I'd like to see the winner of that one go against them. That would be uh, another oh, one that's right there in the middle. Oh man, you just reminded me how much I hate that fight. That Who sucks. you got in that one? <sighs> man. No, I like both guys a lot. Um, yeah. But you've seen Calvin Cater um, struggle with lengthy guys uh, that are able to get off their game and, and and basically like suffocate him. And Aljo's a fucking anaconda, dude. He'll suffocate most people if you let him. So it's tough. But Aljo's also going up a weight class. So will he be a weaker version of himself? Or will he be the uh, the Dustin Poirier version of going up a weight class and just look like an absolute fucking hoss up there and uh, look like he probably never should have been at the lower weight class? Who do you have in that one? Ooh. Uh, for my gut goes towards Calvin, uh, just because Calvin also wrestled for quite a while, from what I understand, like had yeah. decent wrestling and shit. But, uh, and he's strong. He's so he strong. Is. Alcho's, he's done those he did like two recent grappling tournaments though and looked one fucking huge, but two strong as all get out and both yeah. like he was the spinning, dogs. the spinning yeah. toss maneuver for the yeah. arm bar defense. I was like, copter out of it. Is that a real, is that a real defense or is that just for show? That's just being strong and athletic. Like just She's fucking wild. dudes around. Oh, I, there's just a huge glaring hole in Aljo's game and somebody like Calvin who, Hits pretty hard. Aljo's shown that his chin's not great. Calvin can get off. Now, he's a bit of a slow starter, but if he goes out there and, and is willing to throw early, I, I could see him hurting Aljo, unfortunately. Yeah, same. I, I could definitely see him hurting Aljo pretty early on. He hits very hard, and he's just, I mean, he's very, very strong in general, right? So, yeah. Um, it's a fight I'm looking forward to. Uh, yeah, I think loser of that would be a good matchup, though. Yep. For our boy, uh, Mozart. So, Moving into the next one, we have Chris, the action man, Curtis, coming in against Marc-Andre Barriot. Um, and again, I have to say at least one more time, maybe maybe, maybe more than one more time, but at least one more time, if you're parlay busted, I'm really, really sorry for you. Uh, Marc-Andre Barriot, man, he came out there and uh, he just he wasn't able to get it done. He was not able to get it done over Chris, the action man, Curtis, who just outlanded him on total strikes, um, outlanded him on total significant strikes. There wasn't a knockdown to be seen. There wasn't a takedown to be seen. I mean, these guys were just throwing caution to the wind. I don't think that, there wasn't even a takedown attempted in this fucking fight, folks. These guys went out there and between the two of them threw over five hundred strikes in a 15 minute fight that's a lot okay that's a lot and uh by the way between the two of them they also happen to throw over 500 significant strikes attempted 
Uh, so they weren't pulling any punches. Uh, they were trying to hurt each other. These guys were fighting each other like the opposing force stole their mother's lunch money um, or their little sister's bicycle. I don't know, dude. Like these guys were angry. They were throwing lead. And Chris Curtis just was the better man out there. He looked really good, slipping, moving, had the great boxing style head work and uh, footwork or head movement and footwork. And you love to see it, man. Marc-Andre Berriot, I don't think this is the end for him. I definitely think that he still has more to give, more tread on the tire, so to speak. But man, Christy Action Man Curtis at 41 fights into his professional career. The man just seems to be like a fine whiskey or a fine wine. He gets better with age and just keeps on giving. Folks, I love this guy. I think he's fantastic. And I definitely have a name on the tip of my tongue for him. You're not going to like it. America's not going to like it. Fuck, I don't even really like it. That's a lie. I love it. That's why it's the name on the tip of my tongue. But I'm going to save it. And for now, tell me what your thoughts on this fight were. Man, I uh, one, I I don't agree with people online. I've seen a shitload of people saying that this fight was not. They're saying that this one was bordering on a snooze fest. wasn't a very exciting fight. This, that, and the other. I'm like, this. What am I missing? Something? I also. Chris Curtis responded to it at one point, but I think this is like the most strikes he's thrown in his entire career in a single fight, something like that. I, I thought I saw that that stat thrown around. Um, I, 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 maybe it wasn't like, you know, the most flashy matchup or something like that, but these dudes were both throwing. They were both throwing with bad intentions, both of them landing, both of them proving they got a good chin. Um, I think Chris Curtis is a little unorthodox with some of the way like he throws things and so it's a little bit harder to get a read on he also kind of has a weird build so he's just he just yeah curtis looks like he's sparring out there like <laughs> what no he didn't no he didn't i like chris curtis. brother if i like i love you but if we if we're sparring and you hit me like that we are not friends anymore <laughs> yeah we're fighting like now. dog we are we are fighting now we're not sparring <laughs> Like, if, if, if this is the Annex Squared show, it just became the Annex Get Squared Up show. Yeah. Um, like, <laughs> it's real. going down. For real. It, it, that's sparring with Sean Strickland sparring. That ain't normal sparring. That's like, I ain't trying to get better. This is, I'm trying to fight somebody today and call it sparring. But uh, overall, fun matchup. I think, like you said, I don't know that Mark Andre is going to go anywhere. He He's one of these dudes who he pretty much guaranteed that he's going to at least He's going to come there to fight. He's going to put on a, a relatively exciting matchup. So just keep him around. Give him give him a little more leeway. Give him a couple extra losses. He'll probably end up putting a knockout together at some point. Um, he's not dissimilar to like a, I don't know, a vet like Ponzinibbio or something like that, where it's like he, he maybe not has, he doesn't have the greatest record, but that's not what he's here for. He's here to put on exciting fights. Kind of honestly the same as Action Man. Like he doesn't have the greatest overall record, but he's he's going to come out there. He's going to fight. If he connects clean, he's probably going to put your fucking lights out. So I, I thought it was a fun one. thought it was a real fun one. Who, who do you got next for old Chris Curtis? You got me got me curious now. I'm almost I'm almost wondering if maybe I shouldn't have said that I have a name on the tip of my tongue and just have us move past this and wait till later. But you know what? Fucking I'm going to go ahead and say it now. I think Sean Strickland versus Chris Curtis is uh, is really, really fun. I think they're planting the seeds already too. I've already seen people mentioning it, asking him how he would feel about taking the fight and stuff. I, yep. It would not surprise me at this point. He he literally right. said, uh, he, he tries to kill me and take my head off for free. Anyways, I might as well get paid for it. 
And I was thinking Paul Craig. Oh, Paul Craig? Yeah. Paul Craig? I think that'd be a fun one. They're right there next to each other in the rankings. And like, Action Man's only ever been subbed once. So it's it's not the most favorable matchup for Paul Craig. But at the same time, like, it's an exciting one. We can see what happens. I think Paul Craig gets knocked the fuck out, man. (laughs) Yeah, Um, probably. And I want to For sure. But I'm here to see it. I'm here to watch it. I'm a degenerate lover of fights, uh, skilled violence. This next, god damn, dude, how many shots did I have to do? Okay, cool, cool, cool. I think. <laughs> I was yeah, like, how I, many I did I get wrong good. in a row? Like, I did, I did good, and then I stopped, and then I like did good. I had this one chunk in the middle where there just happened to be um, at least one fighter in that chunk in the middle on every one of my parlays. So uh, it was a rough, it was a rough night. I did hit the one single on flyweight unders and uh, yeah, definitely going to have to go to the drawing board for sure when it comes to um, next week's episode of us doing these bets, man. Uh, but I digress. Action man, right? I did take the action man in that last one. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Cause I remember we were the same on that one. We both took them. Yeah. So the ones, the ones that I got wrong so far. So um, I did, uh, I, I said I was going to stay away from Gordon versus flick. Mm-hmm. And I took the under on that, which hit. Um, Jasmine. Uh, yes, Adavitish. Versus Priscilla Cachoeira. I took for sure Jasmine. Yes, Adavitish. And I mean, come on. That one definitely hit with the performance of the night. Again, congratulations to Jasmine. Yes, Adavitish. And they should pay twice for that one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the uh, Johan Lainess versus Sam Patterson fight. I believe I did take Sam Patterson in that one. I just thought that he was going to be a strong guy. And boy, was he. Um, I was wrong in the Pollyanna Viana fight. I was, I think I stayed away or no, I was, uh, I was wrong in the Sergei CD fight. I think I took CD here. Um, I have to go back and look cause I may have, I may have avoided that one as well. I don't want to throw myself under the bus. I'm going to, I'm going to say I didn't miss that one. Uh, Charles Jordan versus Sean Woodson. I definitely got right. Garrett Armfield versus Brett Katona. I definitely got wrong. Uh, and man, Arnold Allen. I thought the dog was going to get it done, but boy, I digress. It turned out to be a little bit of a dog versus a lion out there. Uh, so, man, the dog got torn up by that lion. And, you know, it happens. But Chris Curtis, one I was definitely right on. And in this next one, I was definitely wrong on. Fuck, man. <sighs> I wanted this guy to win. I really, really wanted this guy to win. You know how much I wanted him to win? Malot, man. Malot. I wanted him to win Malot. Um, but he didn't get it done. I love that you saw that bad, bad joke coming from a fucking mile away. Um, that just, again, shows me that you are you are my people. We are the same. Um, so, yeah, man, I wanted him to win Malot, but fuck. <sighs> Turns out there was a Haitian persuasion making an invasion all the way in Canada. Again, guys, the parlays were not doing well on Saturday night, and you can definitely... I'm going to beat that joke like a dead horse, and that's okay. So, Neil Magny, he went out there, and uh, he got fucking just dominated like like a sub in in a bad porno for the first two rounds, folks. Um, he might as well have been wearing a ball gag and a, and a set of chains and Malat had the whips. You know what I'm saying? 
He walked into that octagon saying, come ready, chips, dips, chains, and whips. He is ready to serve. No, anyways, he hit it hard for the first two rounds, but he just couldn't seem to put away Neil Magny, the Haitian persuasion. Magny was just very strong and, I mean, durable. I think durable is the biggest word, right? Like, he was eating so many shots, it felt like. But then you go back and you look at the numbers, and, I mean, in round one, Milan only landed 20 strikes, which isn't a lot, uh, especially if you compare that to the 12 that came against him from Neil Magny, right? So only an eight-strike differential. But then you look at round two, and it was 18 strikes landed to 67. That's a huge fucking differential here, folks. Um, Balot was also going 100% on his takedowns. But then in the third round, Neil Magny came out there and put it on him. He made up for everything. Outlanding his opponent 80 to 13 strikes. Um, And making his opponent go 50% on his takedowns, tiring him out, and just ultimately getting the finish here in the third round by way of TKO with just 15 seconds left. And I have to ask, if this fight goes the distance, if it doesn't get finished with that 15 seconds, does Malat get the judges nod? Did he do enough in the first two rounds for that last round to not be a 10-8 and negate the entire situation into a draw? Oh, I think absolutely he does. Uh, I think... I think unfortunately he he fumbled it right there at the very very end of the fight. Um, I think he was he was about yay close to the goal line. Do you think he he had it two rounds to one, or do you think they would have done ten eight and it made it a draw? I, if I'm being honest, I think they probably would have gone a ten eight, but I still don't think it would have been a draw because I think Malat ten eighted him in the second round. Okay. Okay. So I still I think it would have ended up being a 29-28 kind of situation. Yeah. I um, see that. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I, can't, I can't agree more, man. I think he, I think he truly fumbled the bag here uh, in this fight against Neil Magny. He kind of, uh, you know, to quote Fast and the Furious, you know, when the, when the, the like autistic kid loses the fucking, his dad's car, he hits the NOS and dude's like, too soon, Junior. Like, that was basically what happened to him a lot, man. He hit the NOS too soon. Um, and then fucking Neil Magny turns around. He's all, too soon, Junior. And he uh, he straddled him, and he, he showed him some big boy stuff. And it was bad. It was bad news bears. Uh, it probably hurt him a lot. Um, hurt him a lot. Hurt him a lot. Hurt him a lot. <laughs> it was really bad jokes, man. <laughs> oh, they're just going to keep on coming. Uh, so... Great fight for Neil Magny. Not so great fight for Mike Malott, the hometown hero. Uh, but, you know, he is one of those guys that is, uh, I, I feel like he's a, a win or learn kind of fighter. He's not a win or lose kind of fighter, right? So he's going to learn a lot from this. And, you know, the, the losses are what teach you the most. You don't learn anything from a win. You learn tenfold from a loss. You know this from from doing grappling, from doing martial arts in general. You know this. So, um, very, very intrigued to see what happens next for Malat, but got to talk a little bit about what should happen next for Mr. Neil Magny. Um, in the welterweight division, there's a lot of different names that we could throw him in there against. Uh, where Neil Magny is at in his career, I think it makes sense to throw him against people that are other big household names. You don't want to throw him against a, a person that nobody's ever heard of. I, you know, and call me crazy here, but I'm just going to throw it the fuck out there, Mad Max. I got Steven Wonderboy Thompson as his next up. Oh, 
Oh, that's not a bad one there. That's not a bad one at all. I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. Uh, I think you don't love it. <laughs> well, I, I think I like it. I just don't think Stephen Thompson would take the fight at this point. I think he's kind of uh, at this point in his career, he's going to take up or not at all. That's and that's fair. Yeah, good on him. I was actually thinking maybe one. First off, the third of a unit on Neil Magny at plus two eighty cashed in pretty nice. Uh, oh, you had a third of a unit on Magny? Yeah, I figured this was uh, Magny's fucking huge. People don't realize how big he is also. And like, Malat is not a small dude, and Magny was still even bigger than he was. Um, Magny's a big dude. He's also one of these kind of like wet blanket guys that he's just good at using his size. He's good at getting a hold of you. You may ragdoll him a little bit, but you're going to gas yourself out doing it. You're probably not going to get the finish, and he's still going to be there just like he was in the first round. Um, 100%. Give him the rematch against Chiesa. He lost the first one. That's been uh, three years, something like that, four years, maybe somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, I'd like to see that. They're right there on top of each other in the rankings. I'd say do that. Give him the rematch there. I'm not mad at that. I'm definitely not mad at that either. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely not mad at that. 2021. So, been a little bit. January Oh, it's actually January 20th of 2021. So Oh, literally like right at the yeah, year mark. Almost exactly. Yeah. Or two year mark rather. 3 24, oh, brother. Oh my gosh, dude. Yeah. That doesn't even feel real. I know. It's fucked up. Holy it's fucked shit. Up. I feel you like that's the first him, time uh, it sunk in, dude. Does Hanat Fakradinov have another fight scheduled yet or no? What did you just say to me? Hanat? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He's like, you watch your mouth. What'd you just call me? What did you say? I don't think he's got one scheduled, though, does he? You can fuck Red Yerdinov, bro. Fuck Redinov. <laughs> fuck Red Denoff yourself. Um, fuck Red Denoff yourself, but uh, no, fuck Red Denoff. I don't, know. I don't think he has a fight lined up, does he? Ah. Uh, I think he's open. I don't see anything. I'm trying to find some news on it. Hinat Fakhredinov has nothing lined up that's official, at least on the sure dog level. So, yeah, yeah man. I'm yeah. mad at it. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. Uh, so, you guys saw, so you can tell Nano in the next episode that I paid up on my fucking shots owed. And I'm going to make him pay up on his shots owed for sure in the next episode. Because he was wrong as well. And quite a few of them, too. Uh, so, uh, this is one of them that I believe he was wrong on. So this one is one that I was definitely excited about. This is a woman I've been watching for you know well over a decade here, if I'm being honest with you guys. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. You know exactly who I'm talking about. Talking about Rocky. Talking about Raquel Pennington. Raquel Rocky Pennington, folks. Uh, she came in there against Mayra Bueno Silva. And, um, you know, if she had lost, I'd be playing some sad music. But instead... That's right, baby. Rocky got it done. She got it done, folks. And look at that. The guy has the auto Rocky Raquel Pennington card here. The Panini cards. Shout out. Shout out. What up, Jalen, in the chat? Let's go, baby. What up? Holy smokes, MMA Nomaly got Mad Max on the cast. What up, what up, what up, boy? What's going on? Let's go. And shout out Jalen. He actually has a uh, TikTok live stream that uh, does card pulls for NFL, NBA, 
MMA, all of the above. Uh, Jalen, feel free to go ahead and put the at for that in the chat, and I will go ahead and uh, blast that up on the screen for you, brother. So, um, Rocky Raquel Pennington is who we're here to talk about in this moment, though, folks. And, you know, I, I again, I saw people saying that this fight was boring. Um, you know, Amanda Nunez is coming out of retirement because of the sheer state that this division has been left in with how boring things are. <laughs> Fuck out of here, folks. Um, I mean, come on. These women went out here and just threw a ton. I mean, sure. Maida Bueno Silva probably could have threw some something more there. I mean, she only threw 118 strikes. But fuck, folks. Raquel Pennington, she definitely earned the nickname Rocky. The, the woman threw almost 400 strikes. She threw 342 strikes, folks. And by the way, she landed 265 of them. 77.5% clip. 134 of them were significant strikes. Mayor Bueno Silva did a better job at laying down on her back than competing with those strikes. Um, you saw it for the last 30 seconds. I saw it for the last 30 seconds. Jesus Christ saw it for the last 30 seconds, and we were all disappointed by it. Um, you would think that she was fucking fighting over the last cookie in the cookie jar and had given up because she realized she was full, not for a UFC world title. Uh, but Raquel Pennington, man, she was just putting in work out there. You could tell that there was zero quit in her. Even when she was eating significant strikes, the woman was moving forward. Um, when it comes to my official scorecard here, I'll be honest with you. I gave her opponent one round and one round only. I thought Maida Bueno Silva won the first round, and that was even debatable. Okay, so I'm just going to say it outright. This was a dominant performance from start to finish from Rocky. I, uh, I just... I thought she did everything needed to destroy the Thundercat herself, Shitara. So, yeah, I was uh, very impressed with her performance. I was impressed with her performance in Raquel Pennington. Um, I, th I thought she was just absolutely beast-like. And I think as long as Amanda Nunez doesn't come back, she's probably going to be able to defend that belt a handful of times too. What were your thoughts on that one, Mad Max? No, I would agree with you. I think that's about the only person who's like a clear cut win over her per se. Um, she And she should in theory have a, a pretty notable grappling or excuse me, experience advantage over just about anybody in, in the division. She's been around the block way more than anybody else. Um, as far as the the online critics saying that the fight was boring, I don't, I don't think I could agree that the fight was boring. I actually thought there was quite a few exciting exchanges in the striking. There was several grappling moments where it was just like holy shit. Like there was some submission moments there where they were not the cleanest submissions. But she, I think Maeda has the weird strength where she also will grab you at some weird unconventional angles, get her arm in there, and crank on your neck, and you end up tapping before you realize what's happened with it. But um, no, no, the fight was not boring. Was it sloppy? Yeah, there were moments where it was a little sloppy, but sometimes that makes for the most fun fights. Um, Raquel, as she said herself, she's probably not going to be around for a whole lot longer. She wants to get a couple more fights in. So it was cool to see, you know, a vet, a perennial vet like that, get it done at the, at the tail end of their career, finally kind of get their flowers, so to speak, and like really... 
you know, achieve their aspirations. I don't know. It's just nice to see. It's like, damn, she's really put in the work. She's really been there. She's been highs and lows in the sport. She's kind of experienced it all and to finally reach the pinnacle. It's like, yeah, that's the ultimate. That's the story right there. That's what you want to see. So I'm glad I'm glad to see it for it. I, like if if I had to pick from one of the two, that's who I would rather see win it at this point. It's better for the story. I thought Maeda would would get the submission at some point. I figured she'd I figured she was probably going to give up quite a bit in the striking. She leaves a lot to be desired in that department, but uh, I figured she'd have the grappling on lock and that she'd she'd snatch up a submission. And there are points where it looked like it was going to happen, but no such luck. So long live Rocky. Let's see her hold it for a minute or two. Absolutely agree with you, man. Um, yeah, uh, long live Rocky. I hope she holds on to it for a little bit. I think that uh, she'll be a very honorable champion uh albeit maybe not the the highest finish rate or anything like that she's she's very well rounded and she's put in the work she's put in years of work for this folks um and folks i mean now it's time without further ado it's time for the main event of the evening it's time <laughs> we got sean strickland coming in against ddp Drickus Duplessis. Um, this fight is one of those where you already know that these guys were fucking ready to go in and go ham. Sean Strickland was angry with daddy issues. He was coming in saying, We're gonna go out there, we're gonna give you guys a fucking war. Freedom. But instead, when he went out there, it felt a little bit more like the song playing in Sean Strickland's head sounded like. Um, so man, I, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Uh, all jokes aside, I, I did think that Sean Strickland was going to bring a little bit more anger, a little bit more recklessness and a, a little bit more, um, disregard for his well being than he did on Saturday night, but he just didn't. Instead, he came out there, uh, and, and he got taken down six times for the first time in his UFC career at this new division of middleweight. Um, now in welterweight, obviously he was taken down a handful of times, but this is his first time ever conceding a takedown in middleweight and he conceded six of 11 of them so 55 percent landed by drinkers duplessis now i am curious to hear your breakdown on this one in a little bit more detail and just kind of who you had winning each of these rounds uh and even if you just want to kind of run through real quick like did do you a do you agree with the decision did you think ddp won the fight my initial gut reaction <clears throat> so this is also coming from somebody who was pulling for Strickland to win. Uh, I like both the guys, regardless of the trash talk and everything else. I like both of them. Um, going to the initial decision, I thought Dreykus probably had enough to do it. The fact that I was worried about Sean losing, to me, says a lot. It's like, okay, well, if my gut is worried about this decision, that speaks volumes there. Dreykus probably did enough to at least get the nod. The fact that it was even close should indicate that it's not a robbery to anybody. So anybody screaming robbery should chill out. But um, I was leaning towards Drykus when it was going into the decision, and I wasn't I wasn't happy about it, but I can admit it, and that's from somebody who wanted Sean to win. So I, don't, I feel like that should tell you a decent amount there. What about what about yourself? What was your initial response to it? And then we can get into it. All right, good job, champ. Just want to say good job. Um, I agree. I know you're a, you're a Strickland fan, right? Like... Um... 
I like both of them, but I just like the okay. I like the story arc. But I uh, as okay. far as who's like an actual nicer guy, no, I think Drykus is the dude I'd rather have a beer with. Did you see him chug that beer today? By the way, dude, yes, <laughs> yeah, that is a skill. That is yeah. a skill that I have never learned or understood. I think um, he's the, way funnier too. He has oh. like the almost like the Aussie sense of humor, like Volk in them. It's like the rugby. He seems like the fun humor. cousin or fun uncle that you'd want to hang out and have a beer with. Drykus is that guy. Um, yeah. DDP is definitely a, he's seemingly a good guy. In my opinion, I did think that he did enough to win the fight. The only rounds that I actually gave to Sean Strickland in this fight were rounds five and round one. Um, thought Strickland did a really, really exceptional job in the last round for the most part. Uh, and, and in the first round, he set the pace early on, dictated the uh, distance and uh, distance control of the fight. But then after that, he just he kind of shied away from what, what makes him good. And granted, I know that he's a jab merchant, right? Like he throws really, really solid jabs. But I wanted to see more than just a jab, 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 cross. Jab, jab, cross. You got to do more than that. You got to mix in leg kicks. You've got to invade his space and you've got to make him pay whenever he misses. And I mean, he made a miss, but he just didn't make him pay off it enough. Like they landed the same amount of strikes in the second round. I just thought Drinkus had more impact in that round. And also the, the narrative of the headbutt causing the gash. Folks, grow the hell up, please. Um, there was a right cross that very obviously cut his face open. After that, they rubbed heads because they were having a fucking scrambling exchange. And sure, that may stretch the gas a little bit, but that happens in almost every single fight in or out of the UFC. Typically, whenever you're having grappling exchanges and my head is rubbing your head, if you already have a cut, that cut is going to get worse. If I have a cut, that cut is going to get worse. So if you go and you look at these clips of the headbutt, I've watched every one of them that I've seen posted in slow motion slow down to like a 20th of the fucking time speed or a hundredth of the time speed. And you can see that he's already cut before the headbutt, guys. Like you can back that same clip up. Like John Anik posted it himself. So the cross, the right hand is what cut him open. Um, it, it happens. The, the heads grazing, like these two guys were both thrashing forward with their heads. They're both launching their heads in whenever they're throwing these strikes. So I'm surprised they didn't clash heads more seriously throughout the fight, if I'm being honest, the way that both these guys fight. It happens a lot in boxing when they're they're doing oh, that kind of thing and they'll clash heads. But my whole thing is like you can't if you can't so in gray weird areas like this where you can't we can't determine for sure whether or not which any of those headbutts caused the cut or if they exacerbated the cut or if they made it worse we can't we can't be sure on any of it unfortunately and i the initial video to me it did not look like that caused the cut the second video where they were up against the cage that one to me looked like it was more possible but regardless let's rule all of that out by simply saying sean strickland said himself during the fight that he accepted the cut for what it was that the blow is going to get it in his eye. He said that he was just like, fuck it, let's go for it. If you accept it during a fight, you can't then, after the fact, say that that was why you lost the fight. You you picked those terms for the battleground. Like that's Yes. You took that, so you go with that. That's the cards that you chose to play with. So take out any of the gray area with the, the video, where it happened, who did the headbutt, was it intentional? You can take out all that. You accepted that. You didn't make us think about it to the... 
to the ref, you picked that battleground, you pick those cards, you you play with them. That's how that works. And and you want to play the man card. That's how a man plays those cards. So that's I don't know, that's how I was raised. That's pretty cut and dry to me. Like if you you pick those terms, you can't then bitch about them afterwards. So, and that's again coming from somebody who wanted Strickland to win. You can't then bitch about it after the fact. So, I don't that's my two cents on it at least. Yeah, no, I I 100% agree. I think if you're if you're gonna play the game, you gotta accept the the kind of consequences, right? Um, you made your bed, lie in it. That's like the classic. You made your bed and lie in it, my guy. I love that fucking phrase. You can ask Mary. I say that kind of shit all the time. It drives her nuts. Um, <laughs> Good old Kentucky sayings there. Like her, my mom said that a million times. We we say that in Louisiana a lot too. <laughs> uh, I think like South Midwest <clears throat> typically. Very similar shared shared phrases. Uh, so, man, I mean, this is one of those fights where I feel like we could play probably matchmake for both these guys. You already heard me earlier in the in the uh, breakdowns here say that I think Chris Curtis versus Sean Strickland makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I just think that that one would be a really really fun fight. Now, when it comes to DDP's first title defense, it's got to be Israel Adesanya in Africa. I just think that that has movie narrative written all over it i i would agree with that the um the thing i'm hung up on is the chris curtis i think for the story the chris curtis one is fun but for like the rankings and stuff like that it doesn't make sure a, sure. a ton of sense i almost would rather see sean and robert whitaker Ooh, uh, how about Hithaka? i like that matchup a lot um but as far as the izzy and drykus like I mean that's that's easy money right there. You, you'd be silly not to book that one, or you could honestly do the rematch. You could get away with the rematch, and I think it would sell. Um, so you you got a lot of options just depending on injuries and how that matches up with the UFC. Uh, I think you've got you got options. Yeah, I mean I think old uh, Hobbit Hitika would be a a pretty pretty good option, man. Um, that's how Paolo says his name. Uh, Hobbit, Hobbit Hidika. Um, it's just so fun to say that way. <laughs> dude, I didn't even think about it. Paolo Costa would be a fun dude to throw somewhere in that mix as well. There's a reason I was, I was mentioning that now. You know, uh, Mr. Beautiful himself. You know, uh, he does have a fight lined up, right? Uh, but that being said, Mr. Paolo Costa... When he has a fight lined up, he could pull out of that fight. It's actually supposed to be him versus Habatitica, uh right now. That's so right. that's right. If he pulls out of that fight, Sean Strickland versus Habatitica would be a fun fight. Uh, so I think that's that's the fight to make. Now that you mentioned it, that would definitely be a really really fun one. Do you agree with the DDP matchup though? DDP versus Israel Adesanya. I do, and I also think your boy Brendan Allen could be thrown in the mix. But um, yeah, I Let's 100%. Go. Like Izzy, Izzy and Drykus is a no-brainer. Like it's easy money. You could do that one all day long. Throw it in Africa. That's easy money. Easy money. Bro, you put Brendan Allen in Africa, and he'll obsess some Africans because he's bringing the belt back home to America. That'd be um, a fun fight right there. That'd be a fun fight. Fuck, that'd be a fun fight. What a clash of styles. I can't help but think. And I mean, call me crazy here. As a DDP fan, I feel like Alan would go out there and look a lot like Jasmine. Yes, Adavitish. And just put it on him, man. 
I feel like I feel like it would be a dominant performance. Um, give him a give him Sean, give Brandon Allen Sean. He does have a loss to Sean. Oh, does he really? I didn't realize. The only two people he's lost to at middleweight are Sean Strickland and Chris Curtis. I remember the Chris Curtis one. I I hate that I know that off the top of my head. Did I just pull that out of my ass? That's not real. I'm making that up. You're all over it. Let him get it back. Shit. I'm sure he wants it back. Oh, no, I was right. That's actually a fact. Yeah, the only two middleweight losses he has are Sean Strickland and Chris Curtis. Man, when I like a fighter, I really fucking keep it in the banks. <laughs> I feel like you got to give him a chance to get that get that one back, man. He's been he's been asking to get that one back, dude. That'd be a fun. And match. and let me tell you, like Brendan Allen, when it comes to Brendan Allen, like there's more than meets the eye. I, I just I, I feel like the guy has improved significantly. All right, he has transformed, if you will, into a whole new fighter since the last time he fought Sean Strickland. I think that's a fun fight. Brennan Allen versus Sean Strickland is definitely one I'm going to tweet out into the hemisphere and uh, see if anybody picks it up, see if we can get it to catch some wildfire here. Yeah, I might have um, that one out too. I'll support that. That'd yeah, be man. Given the, I think like, that'd be a, a fun fight. Revenge. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could even, with Chris Curtis having the win, you could actually do the actual rematch if you wanted, but as far as the ranking goes, it makes more sense for Strickland. They're closer. I'd love yeah. it. Absolutely, man. Um, That'd be a fun fight, dude. Sean Strickland versus B. Allen. Give it to me. Inject it into my veins, folks. I love it. I think we just played the best best game of matchmaker here. Could have for UFC 297, folks. Uh, And with that being said, guys, we we made it through the entirety of the card. Me and good old Mad Max Meridian here. Um, Man. What a great night of fights. And uh, it felt like we waited forever for these fights to happen. And then we were given fucking Ankalaya versus Johnny Walker. What a, an interesting fight that was. Um, and then UFC 297. And now we have another week of hiatus. So we got no fights until uh, the following week where we are getting a headliner or a fight card that's headlined by Nasruddin Imavov versus Roman Delice. But... If you're not stoked about that one, don't worry, folks. Don't worry. There's at least two to three fights that I'm ready to get you excited for. Okay, and those those three fights, in my opinion, are these. We got Hinato Money Moicano coming in against Drew, the best-looking man in the business, Dober. Or you know what I'm saying? Uh, Red Rober, Red Robers, and Dober on over. Uh, <laughs> that guy's a fucking stud. And you already know that's going to just be a money fight. Come on, guys. These guys are going out there to throw hands throw feet, like head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Someone's going down. You already know. And in the next one, we got Mr. Randy Rude Boy Ground, a.k.a. Mr. Touch and Go himself. I say again, Mr. Randy Rude Boy Brown. He was actually in this very show, in the stream, just a few, just a couple weeks ago. Um, So make sure you check that guy out. He's coming in against Muslim Salikov. Uh, Muslim Salikov is no joke. He is no slouch. He is no scrub. As they say, the man is an absolute beast. I know you're thinking the name Salikov. He's probably going to be a wrestler. His fucking nickname is the King of Kung Fu. I would tell you to probably shut up if you think he's a wrestler. Um, come out here and watch the fight, folks. It's going to be a barn burner of a fight. Okay. 
And you already know Rude Boy Brown puts on shows. The guy is someone who was winning that fight up against old Jackie, three names himself, Jack Della Maddalena, up until he wasn't. He made just a quarter second of a mistake, and Jackie, three names, had to just pop, pop. Uh, it happens, you know. This is the game. This is the way that this sport goes. And I digress. I said I had three fights for you to get you interested. Three fights to get you interested. And and so I do. Talking about Vivian Araujo coming in against the hottest prospect that you haven't heard of. I'm talking about Natalia Silva, folks. This, if Dana White doesn't call it, the if you don't know, now you know. It's going to be the if you don't know, now you know. And Jalen back in the chat. For all your TCG and trading card needs, check these guys out on the uh, Ballers Bank. It's at the Ballers Bank on TikTok. They do live shows. They bust open the cards. You pay for them. They ship them to you. You get to see them opened on the live stream. Super sick. And uh, yeah, make sure you check them out after tuning into the MMA Anomaly podcast. I'm sure they're going to be live tonight too. So with that being said, guys, um, as I just stated, there is no fight card coming up this Saturday. So we're going to have to figure out what we're going to do with the upcoming episode, whether it's Wednesday or Thursday. I don't want to do two breakdown episodes breaking down the fight. So we have to be a little bit innovative here, right? Uh, so I already have a little bit of a plan. Um, and you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and drop it here. Just going to drop it here before I go over it with the, the co-host Jive Turkey Nano and also extend the, uh, the olive branch here to Mad Max Meridian. See if he wants to do a, uh, a three-way because as Justin Timberlake said, it's okay Dang. if it's in a three-way. Um, <laughs> if you would like to join the next episode, uh, I'm going to fine tune and see if it's on Wednesday or Thursday. And whenever I find that out, I will offer uh, you the time slot. If you're free. Awesome. If not, we'll have you next time, but I'm thinking we'll probably play a little uh, extended version of matchmakers extraordinaire and put together our dream UFC 300 card as well as what fights we hope to see on International Fight Week this year when we're all there in Vegas. God, that sounds like a lot of fun, man. Yeah, uh, hit me up once you guys nail down a time or whatever. Let me know, and I'd love to make it. That's The matchmaking shit, I can do that all day long, man. I it's so fun. Shit. Yeah. yeah it's that, so that'd fun. That would be a great job to have right there. That and commentating. <laughs> Dream jobs. I was going to say, if I could do that or commentating or bit of both, oh, my gosh, dude. Like, <laughs> Yeah. They say find you a job that makes it feel like you're not working. That would be it, I think. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah, so again, thanks everybody that dropped in today. Thanks for those of you that did drop in the chat. And uh, if you didn't drop in the chat, we appreciate you anyway. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot to play these clips. These clips were fucking hilarious too. I actually uh, had a friend slash local bar owner make picks before the fights here. I'm um, going to play those quick. I have to, I'd be remiss if I didn't here. So let's see who he picked in the co-main event here. What is up, fight fans? What is happening over here right now? Uh, this guy is definitely not ready, but that's okay. Olin, a.k.a. MMA Anomaly here with a diehard fight fan and a local bar owner, Eli, a.k.a. Kung Pao Frank. Uh, Kung Pao Frank! <laughs> Follow me, Kung Pao Frank. Um, but yes, uh, Bottle Rocket Bar and Grill, East Village, San Diego, corner of 60th and F Street, the most eastern bar in east village san diego so come holla at me with that being said we are going to jump right into some fight picks folks actually before that i think we have a little bit to celebrate did your team win today go niners bang bang niner gang just took it we're going all the terrible we're gonna win that shit 
and uh, cuss on this. you can definitely cuss okay, on this. Perfect. This is YouTube, my guy. And with that being said, guys, I know you might be wondering if you're new here, if you're returning, you still might be asking yourself, why is the mic attached to a fork? I'm going to tell you why, because around here, everybody gets forked up, folks. <laughs> um, whether it's because of the picks or the drinks, you already know there's something that stinks, and it's the fork mic. So, who are your picks for the co-main event and the main event? In the co-main event, we have Maida Bueno Silva coming in against Raquel Rocky Pennington. Who you got? So, I think over ring time, okay, Raquel Pennington has had definitely a little bit more than that than Maida. A little bit over a decade. But, you know, I think we'll see veteran moves, right? When the stakes are higher, I think I'm going to pick Pennington over this one. That's right, folks. Everybody gets forked up with the fork mic, and you already know that when I'm there, man, the forked is intensified. Um, man, oh man, oh man, oh man. Fork Radinov. I'm I'm more of a I'm more of a spork myself, you know, because even though we're getting forked up, you can bet there's going to be some cuddling afterwards. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, so he got it right in the co-main event. Let's see if the uh, the residential local bar owner here. Eli is able to get it done with his picks for both the co-main and the main event. I'm back with Eli Delgado, a.k.a. one of the frontmen of the easternmost bar in the East Village. You already know they're fly like a G6, folks. And we are here to give you his picks, or a.k.a. his pick for the main event. We got Sugar Sean, just kidding. We got Sean Strickland coming in against... DDP. We're not talking about the WWE wrestler. We're talking about Drake's <laughs> Duplessis, folks, from South Africa. Uh, who you got in this one, folks? Even though I think he's a complete piece of shit, and I don't agree with anything he says outside of the ring, I think he's a phenomenal fighter, and I'm going to give this to Sean Strickland, for sure. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, <laughs> fight fans of all shapes and sizes, that might be the closest I ever get to my um, uh, Kanye West moment in saying that George Bush doesn't care about black people. Um, so thank you for that, Eli, and make sure you visit Bottle Rocket. <laughs> totally caught me off guard with the, uh, even though I think he's a complete piece of shit and I don't agree with anything he says. Um, I think he's a phenomenal fighter. With that being said, I've got Sean Strickland <laughs> inside the distance. That piece of shit DDP's got down. <laughs> I got him definitely 100% 100% hate that guy he's gonna win it that's why he's gonna win it hate that guy back to you John <laughs> that's how I felt on that Brad Katona pick I'm like oh easy money easy money jokes on me I just and, and sorry who, who, did, who did you pick in that one again oh uh you mean Brad Katona <laughs> <laughs> so good dude it said it too. it's so good uh, uh, I want to keep an eye on the I'm sitting here looking at the odds for that Hinato Drew Dober fight. I don't know who you're leaning on that one, but you might want to watch that Drew Dober money line. I think it's going to move. He's a plus 120 right now. Ooh. I don't know. That doesn't, to me, that's, that's a little crazy. It's a little bit crazy. Yeah, a little crazy. I know you're right about it. I know you're right about it. Yeah, Mary. Check scoping the stacks back there. The addiction's getting for real. For real. Yes, yes. He's at the other target. I've not seen those yet. Select. But they were pretty dope. I just opened these guys literally last night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
the uh, the addiction is real. Addiction is real, folks. Uh, you love to see it. You love to see it. And yeah, man, there's a there's a lot of really really solid odds on this one. Uh, Jung Young Lee versus Blake Builder. I'm kind of leaning towards Blake Builder in this one, and he's also sitting at dog odds at plus one ten. So I'm not about it. Yeah. Oh, Miss Mary, Miss Mary six one six was actually asking recently, uh, very recently. When is the meatball Molly McCann going to fight again? Well, there you go. In two weeks. <laughs> yep. She's fighting against Diana Belbita. Oof. Who's pretty easy on the eyes. Pretty Man. easy on the eyes. I remember back when her and Ben the Bane Davis used to flirt back and forth on Twitter all the time. Now Ben the Bane Davis is like, Where are you? Oh, I would be too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no shit. She was he, he he used to tag her and like everything and try and get her to like respond and then she started responding regularly to him on Twitter and then he posted something on like another girl's page oh. and somebody tagged her in it and she like responded she's all at Ben what is this or something oh, dude I remember it was hilarious and then like since then I've seen it just kind of fizzle out damn she got hurt yeah got I hurt. mean the only person I know that's fumbled the bag worse than Francis and Ghana am I right. Mm. Yeah, man. He soured her on the whole situation. Talk about Fumble City. <laughs> Guy's got Butterfingers. What an amateur. <laughs> Butterfingers. What an amateur. What an amateur. Uh, so it uh, sounds like the next episode is going to be us playing Matchmaker. We're even going to try and get Mad Max Meridian here back on the hosting desk. Always love having this guy in. Um, again, thank you to Eli for being on here on the little, uh, little guest video segments. And Anybody else that ever wants to send any videos in, whether it's a question, a topic, whatever, we'd love to put you on the show and go over whatever you send in. Um, we always say the more the merrier, and uh, we love putting you guys on the show too. If you're new here, if you're returning anywhere in between, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, smash that bell for notifications. And uh, if you're just listening to the audio-only version on podcasts, uh, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, whatever the case, Make sure you like, rate, and follow all that good stuff, all the good things you do on podcast sites and podcast networks. And uh, until the next time, guys, we really, really appreciate you. And as we like to say here on this show, keep on going, keep on growing. And thanks again, Mad Max. Thanks, man. Appreciate you having me. Oh, and real quick, make sure you give this guy a follow across all platforms at <laughs> Mad Max Meridian. We fucking love this guy. He's the residential grappler of the MMA Anomaly Show, No Filter. And uh, we're, we're definitely glad to have him being one of the new additions. Appreciate you, brother. You've been listening to the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. As you may have been able to tell, we dig the MMA. And our passion is to dive deep into the upcoming fights, give you our expert breakdowns, and help you make sense of all the chaos that is the fight game. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, make sure to find us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at MMAnomaly. Be cool, and we'll see you next time.